podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's the Five Year Plan podcast. First pod of 2016. We look back at Palace's defeat against Chelsea and ask what happened there. We also look forward to the trip to Southampton in the Cup and Aston Villa in the league as well. We also go back in time for in this week. So let's kick off and let's do it. Hello listeners, welcome to this week's Five Year Plan Podcast. Let's kick off, let's do it. Let's kick off. Kick (laughs) off right now. That just sort of came out as I was doing the intro. Let's do it. So that probably won't come back next week. Um, But it is the first pod of 2016. Happy New Year, chaps. Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to all our listeners. And And our sponsors. And our sponsors. We'll get to them. I'm going to introduce you guys first. Um, We've got Kevin Day. Oh, hello. We've got James Endicott. Hello. And Andy Street. Hello. Uh, how are you? How are you, lads? Well, stunned that we finally come before the sponsors. You've been promoted. It's, <laughs> it's a new year. It's a new pod. What well, you get up to at the weekend, Kevin, is entirely up to you. Uh, let's introduce uh, the sponsors then. We are sponsored, of course, by Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K. Okay. Uh, correct. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London, run by a Palace fan. Visit jc-is.com. Good. Hooray. That's the admin done. Um, unfortunately, Palace's start 2016 wasn't quite what we hoped because it was a three-nil defeat at home to Chelsea. Heavy, uh, f- heaviest defeat under Pardew. Heaviest defeat un- under yeah. Pardew. Yeah, for, well, first time we've let in three goals under Pardew, yeah. and first time we've let in three goals for a while before that. I can't mm. think of any other. Possibly the Liverpool game, Istanbul, yeah. Istanbul. Yeah. My question though to you guys is that it's now third game in a row without any goals for Palace. Is this a big concern, Andy? Uh, oh well, we, we we said this last pod, didn't we, about the the absence of of Wickham, and we knew he was going to be out in the Chelsea game, and um, it was I, I had a lot of cause for concern before the match, generally. So like, I'm not entirely disappointed that we got the result that we did. You know, we we looked, surprised. You mean you're not entirely surprised? No, disappointed. You're I, disappointed. I, I, I had hundred quid on Chelsea, didn't I? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not really. I was not entirely surprised. Uh, Kevin's entirely right um, that, that we lost in the manner that we did or that the result ended up turning out the way it did even you know even with the fact that we, we played okay I thought in the first 20 minutes perhaps um, you never saw us scoring with the sort of front line that we had that day you know you had Campbell playing ahead of a slightly out of form again punching uh, Zaha on one side and Lee on the other you know they put in plenty of effort but ultimately it, it just never looks like the sort of dangerous attack 
that was going to have any form of penetration against a team like Chelsea, even with their slightly under par performances so far this season. So, um, what was the question again? Well, you look at, <laughs> the thing is, you look at you, we, we, we said last week that a point would be a good result because you look at Chelsea squad, they brought back Costa and Fabregas, and we brought in Campbell and Lee. That's the difference. But the thing about the striker is it's it's been a problem all season but it's only really the, sta- the standard had a stat thing about us it's only when you realise that Wickham's the only striker that's actually scored and that was from a penalty, well. a penalty yeah. that yeah. you kind of realise well it's fantastic it's amazing that we've done so well without a, a yeah. mainstream side but it's, it's got to be addressed I mean that, but the the, the, as we've said week in week out the big problem is do you go for a temporary solution in, in January do you go for an Addy Boyle solution or do you sit it out and think well we're not going to go down let's see how well we can do and try and get goals from elsewhere but something's got to be done because well, I mean, it, it, did, it did show as well you know, how transformative Kabai has been this season how yeah. much of mm-hmm. uh, an influence he has as soon as you take him out of that, that team um, albeit that James McArthur's been fantastic for Palace since he arrived apart from perhaps on Sunday yeah um, he, you know, he looked uh, a shade of his former self, and Jednak is not Kabai. I mean, it was, it's obvious, and it goes without saying, but it, it really is a position in which Kabai's influence is very much needed now. And for that reason, you know, it, he's not going to be able to play all 38 games because suspensions will happen if you're that sort of combative midfielder. You will pick up injuries if you're fouled as persistently as he is. Kabai will get another five yellows before the end of the season. He'll get another suspension easily. So you, you then you need options, and um, I've read quite a lot on Twitter about. Palace fans saying well you know the striker has to be the priority and I completely agree that we do need another striker but I think more bodies are needed in that central midfield berth as well I agree no, no, t- totally I mean I think that's it's that's where we're lacking a lot we're, we're lacking we're, we're, we're really missing Kabai obviously but there's there's nobody there to fill in any role in that midfield place everyone just looks like headless chickens well that's why sh- sh- of all the yeah, inevitably we're going to get linked with players because we've got money and because we're yeah, a more attractive proposition for other players to come to. But Shelby is the most interesting one for me. And the one, if I had to pick one player to come to Palace this window, it'd be John Joe Shelby. He's, he's Pardew bought him through at Charlton, and they both really like each other. And also, he's a proper dynamic midfield player. And even if he wasn't getting in the first team, if, you, if you've got MacArthur and Goodbye, and then you've got Shelby as well, who's a goal scoring midfielder, he's really, really positive. He's always looking to go forward, always looking to hit a forward pass. Yeah. And that's exactly the sort of player we need. And my instinct is that we should try and get through this season. It's no point spending taking a risk on the striker now. Unless, although, I mean, the Adibayor thing, which has come up in the last 24 hours, I think does make sense if we're talking about getting him on a pay-per-play basis to the end of the season, that would be fine. But I think I think James is right. I think an attacking midfield player is, mm. is a, the best option to go for. The Adibayor, a lot of Palace fans have been vocally against Adibayor signing for Palace would you, would you guys feel the same way Andy? Oh, I'd like to tap in for no other reason than to see the absolute meltdown amongst most of our fans when <laughs> <laughs> it does, does transpire I mean the guy has you know there's there's no doubt that he has some pedigree there's no doubt that in the first few months every club that he's been at that he's performed obviously you would not want to sign the guy on a four year deal you wouldn't even want to sign him probably on a one and a half year deal but if you get him for six months to the end of the season while you're identifying other targets in the summer window and if you just ensure that you're paying him based on you know the games that he's playing and incentivize him to go and play matches and to score I, I, I don't see why it would be that huge an issue. I mean, people spoke before he joined us of how Shamak supposedly had some sort of purported attitude uh, attitude oh. problems and mm-hmm. he's managed to fit in fairly well. There's, 
despite the fact that Adebayo has always disrupted for moves and despite the fact that he has then ended up leaving a lot of clubs with a lot of acrimony there's no sort of suggestion that in the first six months or 12 months with those clubs that he was falling out with the dressing rooms or that other players didn't like him or considered him to be you know a bit of a bad egg so I think you, you, you tend to see a little bit of oversimplification from some fans on the sort of Adebayo issue, and I, I think it'd be a great short-term signing. I think it's a, no, I think it's a no-lose situation. I mean, they tried to get him. Pardew was really, really keen to get him in the last transfer window, and so obviously he rates him. He's not Sonogo. He's a proven Premier League goal scorer. Even if he only got you three goals for the rest of the season, that's three more than the strikers have got already. And if and if all we're doing is paying his wages, I can't see where the problem would be. He's, he's, he's a he's a proper player, and he also is the sort of player that other players would go, yeah, well, he's, you know, he's a he's a He's an international. He's a proven goal scorer in the Premier League level. I can't understand why Palace fans would mm. would be. And yeah, you have to trust the recruitment process. You have to trust Pardew and Parish. The days are long gone when we just stick a pin in a map and, and buy a player from wherever the pin lands. Yeah. We, we've got yeah. a proper recruitment policy there. They're not going to bring anyone in. They've they've talked long and hard. The players have talked long and hard about how there's a certain sort of player at Palace in the dressing room. And they won't disrupt that. Mm. Kabai hasn't disrupted it, and Kabai is somebody who, d- who didn't have a brilliant reputation for being. You know, Mr. Friendly and Mr. Mix it with the rest of the players. So and he's earning a lot more than some of the players. In that ab- absolutely, yes. Yeah. So no, bring. But we need a solution, and I'd rather do go down the other by all route and pay fifteen million quid for Charlie Austin. Now, I mean, fine, buy him in the summer and integrate him in over a close season. But mm. well, it'd be free in the summer, I think, wouldn't it? Well, well but it's, it's more, for me, it makes more sense. I don't know Austin scored in the Premier League, but he's been playing in the Championship when he's been playing. I think it would take Austin six weeks to get back to full Premier League fitness, and by that time, the season's more or less over. I'd, I think your point earlier about uh, getting Shelby midfield is, in, is interesting because, like you say, one of our strikers has scored a goal and that was a penalty. Mm. Our system, actually, the way we play, maybe it relies more on midfielders, attacking midfielders like Shelby, breaking forward and scoring goals, James. Like maybe yeah. actually that's the way our system is. Exactly, but I also think with getting someone like Adebayor, he's, he's proven and also he will send shivers down some defenders' yeah. backs. You know, he's, he's there, he's, he's, he's got a presence and I think he will raise the game of the players around him. There'll be, it'll be, there'll be a target there that people know can score and I, I think he will. And the other thing as well, he's, he's been in the wilderness a little bit and I think he, look, he's a footballer, he's a professional footballer, whatever you think about him, he wants to score goals, he'll want to do well and he'll, he will try and prove himself. He'll, he'll, he will try and get the fans on his side. He'll try and get the team on his side. He's, I think it's a no-brainer. He's certainly always been one to make sort of breaks ahead of the ball and to try and make runs into the box. If you look at the one game where you know we scored the most goals this season, albeit against a terrible defence uh, against Newcastle, there were plenty of midfielders making those runs into yeah. the box. Whether it was from wide areas in Balassi or from deeper areas and more centrally in, in McCarthy yeah. for, mm. for the goals that we did score. So, I, I, in some ways, I kind of think there's a bit of a red herring. The whole you know a striker being the panacea to all our problems thing because I don't think it would be we do need another striker because Fraser Campbell is not up to Premier League football Dwight Gale who knows and Shamak I just don't think will ever be you know fit for a sustained enough period for him to be a solution so undoubtedly we do need another striker but I think for the reasons that sort of James outlines I I think Shelby would be a terrific signing Pardew's really talking Gale up Pardew this week's been talking about how much we miss Gale is and how we can't wait to get him back yeah which is slightly ironic because I don't think he'd be first choice even if he is fit. But and and this sounds contradictory. But even if we were to get Adibai or, or Charlie Austin or whoever, I would still make Wickham my first choice. Funny, I did talk sport on Sunday morning and they were really surprised when I said Wickham was a big loss, just in terms of his lack of goal scoring. But I think we saw enough of him 
when he was playing those five or six games, he will really make goals happen from from other players. So I think he would be our first choice start. I mean, the ideal scenario is Wickham gets his first goal from open play, and then that gives him the confidence to because he's not been far away. I mean, even against Newcastle, he had a couple of cracks against mm. Southampton. Well, the time he was injured, unlucky because he scored in Stoke, didn't he? Yeah. And then didn't. Yeah, and against Southampton, he had a couple of really good efforts. And if one of those had gone in, who knows what much you could say about Sonogo last season? But <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's probably, probably not. But the, the fact is, as well, I think we there's two ways of looking. You can all be really negative about it and say, "God, yeah, we need a striker," or you can say, "We're seventh in the Premier League without a striker." Mm. Exactly, and, which is yeah. what was uh, Andy pointed out earlier on. I think we can't we can't dismiss that fact, you know. And I think we've got to this point. And I think the, I think getting somebody until the end of the season is the right way to go. I think going out and spending an, an obvious overpriced amount of money on somebody to, for a three or four year contract is not the right thing to do yeah, although Warnock you wonder whether uh, I'm sure I can say this legally Andy because I'm only wondering out loud whether, making a note as whether, we. whether, whether, <laughs> whether Neil Warnock has some sort of deal with, with uh, Charlie Austin because he's determined to get Determined to get into Palace. Get into Palace. Yeah. Absolutely determined to get into Palace. You can't. No, I, th- I think we'll let that one fly. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, you. For whatever, for whatever the reason, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he, he won't rest happy. Um, and then I like the fact that he's sort of trying. He's trying to say. Apparently, he's told all the tabloids he's telling Charlie Austin the Palace of the club to go to. I mean, you'd be amazed given that Charlie Austin's out of contract in the summer will be due a hefty signing on fee like they all are when they're out of contract and then sign as a free agent. If you would then go, oh, well, you you know, I've got six months left when I have the pick of my options anyway, I'm going to move now. I'd I'd be very surprised. And I think there are still the sort of question marks that we've said before about Charlie Austin. He's not played in a system like Palace's. He's had, you know, a six-month period in, in the Premier League of performing and scoring goals, which is great and better than some alternatives that we've been linked with but still it's sort of limited I also think if Austin wrong. came he'd expect to be the first choice as well yeah, I, think, I think I think he would expect yeah. to be the first yeah. Yeah. whereas with Adamayor because of his age and he's been around a bit I don't think he would expect he'd be there right you're yeah. coming in yeah, yeah. fight for your place exactly yeah whereas I think and Austin would in, I think Austin would just think right I'll come if I'm definite first choice yeah. which he, he hopefully he, he wouldn't be also yeah. I think it's quite interesting it's the same with Remy it only really looks like it's Palace and Villa that are going for Remy and we're saying with Austin it only really looks like it's it's us and Watford is it? And Watford, it Watford and maybe Southampton it's like you, it's always intrigues me when you look at the calibre of clubs you think okay if we're in a three way fight with, with Tottenham and Man U yeah. then he's clearly a good player but when it's, it's clubs of our level that are battling to sign him you kind of think well maybe he's not as good a player as everybody thinks he's. and if they talk about 15 million quid for him that's a lot of money yeah for Austin, sorry. For Austin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remy, I mean, well, I mean, Remy, g- g- Remy. given that you know you're talking about a guy who's got literally six months to run this contract <laughs> yeah. and fifteen million yeah, quid yeah. for someone who will be a free agent in the summer, yeah. it just seems yeah. ludicrous. Yeah, and I just I'd, I'd be you know incredibly surprised. I'd be very surprised if, if it happened. happened. Yeah. but surprised. I mean that's obviously one of the reasons why Warnock's trying so hard to get him sold now, so the club get money for him. But yeah. but, but still. Well, back to the Chelsea game. Um, the other absentees were obviously Kabai, but obviously Balassi as well. And we talk a lot about Balassi on this podcast and whether he, he is worth 25 million or whatever or, or, or not. And I think uh, Sunday shone a light on the fact that we do, when he's not in the team, we, yeah. really, we really do miss him, don't we? Yeah, well, I'm one of those people who said I wanted to see what we would be like without Balassi. I wasn't that impressed earlier in the season. And we've all said the same thing. He's got a brilliant YouTube highlights package, but... I think I was. Oh, I don't know how I can say this. Not, not right. I'm not going to go as far as to say. I'm not going to go all the way and say wrong. But um, I think, I think him not being there for three games because we talked about. We did say why is it the Pardew won't drop him when we were struggling for goals 
earlier in the season when he was he was trying all sorts of permutations and Zahar was in punching was out etc 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 mm-hmm. Balassi was untouchable we wondered why now and now we know why because he just brings that energy that dynamism and just defensively as well he brings that strength and he brings that outball that we the thing with Zahar is he's not an outball I mean, he's a great player but Balassi is a real proper outball if you're in trouble against a really good team Balassi will buy Balassi will hold it Balassi will turn especially Balassi recently before he's injured that was the annoying thing because He'd become much stronger and much more direct. Do we know was, how he got injured? Yeah, just celebrating was, the goal. Was it celebrating yeah, the goal? Yeah, yeah, it looked like it, didn't it, it, from the video? He's confirmed that. He said he's uh, swivelled his hip. Uh, well, it was a good goal. It, it was, was a great goal, goal but he's celebrating I often swivel so. my hip on a Saturday, but... <laughs> yeah, no, you find your hip. But he was all right, you didn't swivel yours, it was on the mantelpiece. But no, it was celebrating the goals. Yeah. So, but it's, it's we we do really miss him. We, we, I think Wolf yeah. misses him as well. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's almost more point. the point. Um, uh, and there were two two marked things. Like number one, the fact that Ivanovic was given a torrid time by Balassi at the bridge earlier in the season. Yeah. And aside from a set, you know, a, a fairly high paced and frenetic very short opening sort of 15-20 minutes we didn't really trouble them whatsoever in terms of the back line and when Balassi plays he, he generally now requires double marking and he generally takes a fair amount of attention from the defence and consequently it doesn't mean that everything is always having to go through Zaha yeah. it felt on Sunday like the only attacking outlet we were going to have would be through Zaha Chungi as much as he puts in effort and as much as he's got nice feet doesn't ever seem to me like he's going to have a huge amount of penetration against a fairly physical defence and I think Chelsea were fairly aware of the fact that if we were going to get anything against him it would have to come down Zaha's side and he gets targeted because of it and you know when Balassi's back in the side you just have a bit more in the way of variety and a few more options a bit more balance as well yeah, yeah, but I also, I also think it makes the back four defend ten yards deeper because they're so worried about giving Balassi space to run yeah. into. So when Balassi's not there, they can push up, and that puts much more pressure on our on our midfield players. So they basically they're winning the ball back higher up the pitch because Zahar just hasn't got he hasn't got the pace or the physical power that Balassi's got yeah. to frighten exactly. to frighten. Premier he also does. I, I, I don't think Wilf has that no. unpredictability about him that no. Balassi has. I mean, the great thing about Balassi. Which is all the, also the frustrating thing about him yeah. is the unpredictability. And if if you're a defender and he's coming towards you, you don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. He's going to push it past you. He's going to try and run around. He's going to do his little feet thing. But he you also know, wins. He wins a lot of sixty forty balls in that yeah. area. He wins balls. That he's got no right to win back. Yeah. Yeah. Just for his physical strength, which is something that Wilf can't do. Yeah. When when you're battling for a loose ball in that final third, Balassi will often come up for it. And so obviously it's January. Yeah. Um, it is, yeah. It, it was transfer That sort of incisive <laughs> observation. <laughs> probably the most profound change yeah. yeah. for a number That's of people. Yeah. Tune in. It's, it's transfer windows open. Uh, so obviously, Blassie is going to be linked with moves to clubs, other clubs. Now that we've kind of appreciated how much we miss him, w- would you accept twenty million, or is he worth twenty-five? Like, well, how much I'm, is he worth to Palace? I'm actually surprised that there has been. It's gone really quiet on the Blassie front, and I don't know whether that's because clubs know that we're not going to let him go because mm. I, I don't see I can't see any logic why either he would go or we would let him go at this stage of the season really because I don't think you know, none of the clubs who are trying to win the title would think Balassi will be the missing link that would get us the Premier League title and none of the clubs the bottom six can't afford him Leicester? No, no, he just bought no. Demari and Leicester. I don't no, yeah, why, yeah. why would he? Why would Balassi no, go? He wouldn't. I'm just not being facetious. I, I mean, I, so, I did read somewhere that Balassi was linked with Inter Milan. I don't know what that was. He's linked with Roma as well. Anyone would almost think that an agent had planted that. Story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Really. Oh, you cynic. <laughs> but three months ago, the answer to your question was, yeah, I'd bite anybody's hand off if they offer 25. But now, no. I, I think he's... I, I, I would. I'd be very upset to see him go. I think. I think what he's. I think what Blas has done as a, a recap of it. He's. He's. He's become more of a team player than he maybe yeah. was last season. I think he was. He was. You know. He was very much about him. Well, it seemed as though it was. He was more of an individual. I think that's why we had those thoughts at the beginning of the season. It's like, but now he's. You know, as Kev was saying, he goes back and he fights the ball and he and he wins those sixty forty balls. He's. He seems more of a, and also the fact that other players miss him. I think it's yeah. proven that he's a team player. I I would like I would I think we should keep hold of him. Well, I think the other thing as well is I think we're really lucky that he's an established Doctor Congo international. <laughs> I think if he was if he was uh, fighting for an England place, then I think mm. he might there might be an argument where his agent would say to him that you need to be in a, a more glamorous club, but mm. he's not. And I can't. I why would he move? Is the, is the thing because we can. He knows that next season with the TV money, we can. He'll probably get. A, mm. He'll be on big wages. We can. He's got as much chance of winning something at Palace as he has at any of the other clubs. And the fact is, if he does go to a, a Man City or a Chelsea, he's not going to be playing. Yeah. Simple as that. So. I'd be flabbergasted if he moves. Frankly, yeah. um, just the dynamics aren't there in terms of you know uh, him. He, unless he's absolutely desperate for a move to the extent of saying, "I'm not going to play." And there's absolutely no indication that, that he is or, or would do that anyway. Even players who want moves now for big money to big clubs like John Stones at Everton in the summer, they're not guaranteed these moves because yeah. clubs don't always need to cash in. I just yeah. I don't see that there'd be, you know, more economic value in Palace taking twenty five million for Balassi than having to scrabble around in January trying to find an equivalent player for an equivalent sum elsewhere. It's just yeah. it would just make very little uh, sense. Also he's playing for a manager that clearly loves him. He's playing for a manager whose preferred number one system almost revolves around him in, in a sense, because it's quite clear that you know, Kabai and Balassi are probably his first two names on the team sheet. It's, yeah. Well, um, I imagine you were probably quite happy with Hennessy's performance. For I was exactly just about to come on to that. <laughs> <yeah. crazy. laughs> well, I mean, he made exactly the same error for the third goal as uh, McCarthy, McCarthy made yeah, yeah. for the Man City goal earlier in the season, yeah. for which McCarthy was absolutely hammered by Palace fans. Fair and yes, it hasn't ended up ultimately changing the impact of the game, uh, the, the, the outcome of the game, but it was still a fairly poor error. I, I didn't really blame him for the first goal. I mean, I think he's got to come to the near post because mm. chances are that Costa's going to shoot from that position and mm. generally always would. He's, it's not entirely Hennessy's fault that none of the defenders have actually tracked the run from Oscar and it's not Hennessy's fault that Delaney dived in probably a little bit too rashly to, yeah. to try and clear the ball and cut it out. But no, certainly, you know, for the third goal, it was a poor error and one that if you're going to be completely objective and even-handed about it, you should treat it exactly the same as as the error against Man City. Second goal. Uh, <laughs> I, saw, I saw someone on the BBS say that Tennessee should do better with that second goal. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, it's one of those. It only looks like he should do better with it if you put it on super, 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 super slow mo. And <laughs> no even way, no even, then, <laughs> even then, <laughs> even then, it looked really fast. So, uh, just an absolutely unbelievable hit. It's one of those where he's generated such power that it's almost beyond the goalkeeper's hand yeah. before he's even had a chance to sort of react or move and I thought you were going to mention Hennessy's footwork there but you haven't <laughs> in that well no do you know what analysis? though uh, following last week's game uh, the Swansea one I did go back and look at Hennessy's footwork for the free kick that he saved that everyone was applauding for takes a little step the wrong way before coming back oh. to save it so uh, there you go well that makes it even more impressive makes it even better so well, yeah. makes, it, <laughs> makes it even better that he had to recover from his own error <laughs> well you can't really. he's, oh, he's, 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 he's so good error. that he makes <laughs> maybe, maybe he did that just to 
From a goalkeeping point of view, it depends. It, it depends where he set the wall up from, and it depends at the body shape of the person taking the ball. He might have been reacting to the body shape of the. He's just doing it on purpose to be a shame. Well, no, the free it's like somebody the, puts a blindfold on. He did it for you. It might have been such a good free kick that he was sold. It was going that direction yeah, and was maybe. good enough to yeah. change the direction. So well, there we go. But I think the, the thing with the Chelsea game is that you know, a depleted Palace had the result you'd expect against. Yeah. And let's let's be fair. You just have to look at Chelsea's team. And the fact that they got one of their, man- their new managers, one of the best managers in in world football. So it's not it's not a result we should be ashamed of in any way, shape, or form. It's, it's just disappointing in the context of the season so far. We're not making excuses, obviously. But Kevin Friend, the referee, did have a rather inconsistent performance. Well, that's, that's putting it politely. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say it was, it was quite quite charming in some ways to see that uh, in the face of Palace putting in a slightly incompetent performance he showed solidarity <laughs> by putting in an utterly <laughs> incompetent performance bereft of any form of sense so that was great I just I, I don't know what he was thinking for either of those Mikel challenges I mean, we, we spoke last week about the Shelby challenge in the first five minutes of that Swansea game and albeit that we, we kind of said well it's a yellow card after that you can kind of yeah. understand a ref doing that after sort of two or three minutes the, the Mikel challenge on Ward was after about, what, 15? Hmm. But it came after the Delaney's yellow came card. came after well. Delaney's yellow card, so he's already got his book out. It's it's just a clear yellow card all day. And the, the challenge on MacArthur later on in the half, it's a stamp on his ankle. Mikel was fantastic. He played really, really well and dictated the play uh, throughout in midfield. It's just a, a very, very good performance for him. But he shouldn't have been on the pitch. Hmm. And... Is you know we we would still be trying to score now if we'd have carried yeah. on. That. <laughs> There's no way that would have been anything but nil nil. But ultimately, their best player shouldn't have been on the pitch either. We've had this conversation before. We're, we're too nice at the moment. We've gone from we've gone from a team who had a reputation for being a bit mouthy and crowding ref to we're not doing anything like that at all. That's another reason why we missed Kabai. Yeah, because he yeah. he gets his foot in. Yeah, as is proved. But, but not not just that. We're just not talking to the referee. They're not. Yeah. yeah, you know, no one's getting in the referee. And I'm not. I'm not I'm not for one minute advocating that you should do that. Mm. But when Pardew, for whatever reason, probably for the England job, has clearly told us to be more of a sporting team than we have done in the past, I'm afraid that goes against you sometimes. Because if you'd made the first, that first challenge, you'd make more of a fuss about it, like other teams would do. Mm. Other teams would make sure they were new. Other teams would go, how come... Well, like Costa did when Delaney went through Of course, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and you have to do that. Because yeah. if, referee, if the referee thinks, they don't seem that fussed. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. not going to call this, they don't seem... I won't show, I won't show this. Yeah, so mm. you have to. You have to. Yeah, and the crowd can play their part in that as well the crowd we're not there's, there's certain quietness at the moment there's not an intimidating factor about Palace fans at the moment it kind of needs it needs, and I, I'm fairly convinced a lot of it is to do with the fact that Pardew wants the England job and that's why he's so quiet on the top side as well he's not mm. and he's ever so polite afterwards you know mm. which yeah. and which is great and it's lovely and it's nice to win fair play awards etc but referees need to be well you can get in Europe can't you with well you can play. but referees need to need to know that because at the moment we're, we're simply not you know Kabai's getting bad it's not working yeah. the other way it's not like referees are letting everything go it's like we're getting booked and players aren't for, for and also yeah. I mean Chelsea had 15 fouls zero yellow cards Palace 12 yeah. three like even the stat itself seems yeah, yeah, unbalanced yeah. doesn't it yeah. yeah home team as well it's just like yeah exactly yeah um, do you touch on the just the last bit of part one? You touched on the crowd there a little bit. Um, I know we lost at home three 0 so obviously it's not yeah. going to be the easiest game to But does it feel the last few weeks that it's been a little bit yep. flatter? Last few months, yeah, I, I think. I think, so. I, think I think we were. I was talking about it with my my kids on the way back, and we all feel as though this whole season's been a little bit. I mean, obviously there's been moments, but I think on Sunday was a classic example. Of we're up. It's, we're up against a big team. It's a local derby it's Christmas time we go 1-0 down it's like right come on Mm. come on crowd you know be loud be proud be palace 
It didn't really happen. I was trying. I was very hoarse after the game. <laughs> I know I look like a horse. It is a little quiet. It is a little quiet. It doesn't seem to have that fervour. I think I don't know whether we're re- relying on the oh, on the fanatics too much, yeah. and if and if they're a little quiet, we all are. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Also, I think there's also a slight the the Southampton performance and the Newcastle performance, notwithstanding, our home record is still poor. Yes, and I think there's still a slight nervousness about Palace fans with us. And we've talked to we're blue in the face about how you rectify that. We, we obviously don't know. We would have told them, but I think there is a nervousness about. Palace fans at the moment for for home games, and I think that will probably be the same for the Bournemouth and Watford games. Two two games at at the start of the season, you'd mark down as a guaranteed three points, mm. or you'd be looking to them and going, "Crikey, if it's a relegation battle, we need to win those." But there'll be two teams that Palace fans will be going, "Oh, they're really good teams; they could beat us at home." So we're all, we're quiet from the start. There's, a, there's there's also an argument though that if the especially on Sunday, if the players don't, if we don't look as though we're trying to look as though we might be scoring and pushing forward, yeah, and pushing yeah, forward yeah. then the crowd's not going to get behind you. If you have a sustained pressure for like five, six minutes, yeah. then the crowd is just going to go, go, yeah. go, 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 go. Yeah. And when Chelsea scored on Sunday, that was the first time that Palace have gone behind this season where the players haven't looked like, we can get back in yeah, this. And yeah, they instantly yeah, yeah. look like, yeah. oh, I think That's we're beaten here. Just done now, yeah. But speaking of nervousness, does it also feel, because Palace are doing so well, does it feel like there's a bit of a nervousness in, in being so high at the league we're sort of used to being down the bottom and, and dragging our way out and that's when Palace fans do their best they get behind the team because we're struggling we're doing so well is it kind of like uncharted nervous territory for Palace I think uncharted I think there is an element of that we haven't got something in the past two seasons we've had something to resist we've had something that defiance is not there because it doesn't need mm, to be there yeah but no, it, it, it's it's slightly yeah. Maybe we need to get in the Champions League to get that sort of back to the wall underdog thing. I don't I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because we are so comfortable that you kind of that sort of free son has mm. has disappeared a little bit. And then because when you go into a game knowing that the free if you lose that's all right, it doesn't matter. Well, exactly. Yeah. It exactly. Makes a big exactly. It, makes a, exactly. it makes a big difference to the atmosphere. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're 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 sat here having had three games over Christmas and got two points. Yeah. And not scored. Not a goal. scored. Yeah. But yet. Most Palace fans would not be that dis- despondent yeah, no, because, no, because exactly. we're sat seventh, and that's yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, a very yeah. weird situation for any football yeah. fan to be in. Yeah. Well, last so, two yeah. seasons we've relied on a sort of siege mentality. Haven't yeah. We? And, yes. And now yeah, yeah. it's comfortable. Palace as a club in terms of sort of league position are comfortable, and the fans, I guess, are a little bit comfortable. You know, no one then feels the need to be, I guess, quite as fervent in their support outside of certain mm. blocks of the homestead because you know we're going to be alright you know, yeah. you're not now worried that we're going to go down yeah and I suppose as you know, the longer we stay in the Premier League and the, and the newer our fans become then the less you know when we've got a record number of season tickets this season already that'll probably be high next season and you know a lot of those new fans will be people that haven't been there through thick and thin haven't been who don't know what it's like to be in a bad situation and don't know the sort of etiquette of getting behind a team in a, in a funny sort of way well, that, and is, may that not is go to a product of doing well in the Premier League isn't yeah. it yeah, so it's yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It actually sounds like it's all doom and gloom, but it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's not, not doom and gloom. No, and this no, is one of the things no. I was saying to people all you know after the game on Sunday. It's like we're all like, oh, it's not doom and gloom. We're seventh in yeah. the Premier League. Yeah. You but, know, we're doing we're, we're doing well. We are maybe punching a little bit above our weight. I think some supporters and some fans maybe are expecting more. But I think you know, I think most of us, most of us, you know, ninety five percent of us are realistic. You we know, we're doing about, well. But we talked about this, Enders, on the last part of last season right. when you were. 
uh, still recovering. I had friends down from Russia. Well, actually, yeah, I did. I really Halifax. I know. It's, yeah. We know your euphemism. Don't worry. Pint, pint but we did talk about the fact that how sad it would be if they're already Palace fans are talking about being disappointed if we don't finish fifth or sixth it's like no anything no. above tenth is a brilliant exactly. season is a exactly. yeah, and it, it would be a shame if the season petered out because fans are going oh well we should be mm. as we said it's Charlton you know it's Charlton athletic disease it's like, well what, it's what like, I don't want to happen is you know we've often spoken on the pod about Alan Pardew often goes on these runs of five six yeah. seven games and at the moment it feels like we're on a bit of a downward spiral in terms of the fact we haven't scored and, and, and I know we haven't We've only lost one out of three, but it just—I just—I just hope. I mean, I know we'll talk about the, the games coming up later on. But I just hope we can pull ourselves out of it, which I'm sure we can. We can do. We can. Do. Sure. And we're going to pull ourselves out of part one oh, and nice. into oh, beautiful, nice. beautiful, yeah. and into part two. Fifty-five pods that's taken. You know, way more any better this year than that. <laughs> uh, and into part two, where we've got questions from our listeners. So join us in a bit. Welcome back, listeners, to the Five Year Plan Podcast. The first pod of 2016, but still sponsored by Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. That's Vector with her. Hey. And, of course, JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. Right, it's it's question time uh, from our listeners. We've got a lot of questions. I apologise, I can't read them all out. Uh, but I'm going to pick a few out for you Why guys. Why don't you say one week, I've just got eight questions <laughs> and I'm going to read them all because they're brilliant. Because <laughs> we well, no, you're disappointing. Inevitably, people are disappointed because they're sitting by the way. No, because then if I promise by. to read questions out and I don't, people are going to be even more disappointed. And do you know what? I do a that, caveat. That, that, they can damn well deal with this. Back on podcast two and three when we had to make questions up. <laughs> no yeah. one was sending them in. So no, one, no, no well, one noticed. I don't no think anybody noticed. would send them in for pod one, would they? No. No, no, no. Pod one was recorded by him on his Fisher Price. Dictaphone. Uh, anyway, thankfully. Uh, I use, you, I use <laughs> my one. No one can hear it. Right, <laughs> first question. <laughs> first question. I don't even know. It's too young. Well, too young. Well, what was the reference? Sorry, can I, can I use your no. dictaphone? No, use your finger like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Things oh, we God. did in the 70s. Part uh, right. two. They weren't all bad. <laughs> right. Mark Carlton. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. It's the first question of 2016, Ooh, so well, well done to you, Mark. Oh, honour. Uh, it's a good question. He says, why is Punch never dropped? He was terrible on Sunday and hasn't played well for six or seven games now. Who would you drop him for, I suppose, is the answer. But I, it's it's a good question. He's not he's not been the same this season, really. I don't think there's many games you can point to when you say no. he was outstanding. I think he, p- he picked up a little bit sort of three or four games ago for a few games. I, I think you can't... He wasn't very good on Sunday, but no one was very good on Sunday. And he was a little bit under par for the previous two games, but quite a few players were under par for the previous two games as well, just because a lot of them look quite tired. You know, if you're playing every single game at Premier League level, eventually fatigue's going to catch up with you. Pardew seems to love punching, so I think that's probably your reason. Partially that, and partially what what Kevin says that, you know, who do you drop him for? It showed on um, Sunday. Sunday. Thanks, thanks, okay. um, that in the absence of a player like Punchin perhaps out on the wing or in at number 10 you're looking at either an incredibly injured and unfit Shamak mm. or Chung Yong Lee coming in if it's out wide or Jordan Much and most people don't seem to rate you know one or more of those three so 
I just think that it's, you know there's a lot of unfair criticism of, of, of Jason Punching. I think it's partly it's, it's sort of a corollary over it because the second part of last of last season he was sort of he was a creative heartbeat of the team basically and he had that responsibility and now it's hard to tell really where he's meant to be playing because he's not he obviously clearly likes that for want of a better word quarterback sort of role and mm-hmm. there's no room for him there in front of McArthur and Kabai he's, he's not an out and out number so I, I personally prefer him when he's playing out wide either side I, 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 I think there's an argument I don't think Zahar's tearing up any trees at the moment I think there's an mm-hmm. argument for putting punching out there so I think his punching's really effective coming in off the thing he's got a bit more devil in him in the tackle and I think a, a Jason Punching fit and well and good should be in our team but at the moment he's not firing all cylinders but he still brings you something he's still got that air of unpredictability that you, you can understand why he's there but again it's, it's a good question it is a good question but I think at the moment the answer is simply because we haven't got anyone else to, but to you mentioned positions there he has been played in a number of positions yeah, this season he played Number ten, he's played wide, but up front for a little bit. I think away at yeah. Chelsea. Is he a victim of the fact that actually he hasn't really had a extended stay in any particular position? I don't think so. No, I just think he's a little bit out of sorts, to be honest. Now, whether we spoke about before on the pod, whether it's, he's feeling, um, you know, he's he's not maybe the main person in the midfield. Now we brought in Kabai, he was feeling a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I just think he's under the weather. I just I I, I think he yeah. should be dropped. Yeah. But I, then again, you know, as Kev said, who do you bring in? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, he, he's got Premier League experience. But the other thing as well is at the moment, his, his dead ball delivery is not brilliant either at the moment because that was the one thing where you'd say, mm, no matter how well true. he played, he's always going to put a brilliant free-kick corner in. And, and, and there's, there's, either he's not doing what he's supposed to do or there's a real lack of imagination in our set-pieces at the moment because we were scoring a lot of goals earlier in the season, mainly for him from his delivery. But that's I've that's got a stat, actually. As well. Great. About, well. Yeah, I've got a stat. We, um, we have scored the third highest amount of goals from set-pieces, not including penalties. Yeah. In fact, if we include penalties, it's actually joint first wow. with Spurs. But we're the only team yet to let in a goal from set pieces yeah, yeah. this season. Wow! Yeah, which is Isn't which is crazy? which is which is great, which is really good. Yeah, but it's probably the, an indication of how Resley that said about partnership is, yeah. which is why they're probably, as we've said before, sort of overperforming based on the number of shots that are coming in. Yeah, I don't know what the recent stats are for set piece. Uh, Blassie's against Newcastle is probably the last set piece goal, was it? Probably yeah, the one where Damo headed. Yeah, it. yeah, probably. But yeah. since then, we haven't looked. Certainly, we haven't looked like no, that, not that, at all. That we, I can't. John Young Lee's goal at Stoke was a very well worked set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good Pin point. Pinball about for uh, about ten seconds. <laughs> that's a good point. Though. Does that count as a set? I don't think that. Play? There's no, got to be a phase of play. Is that, is that, yeah, yeah, I doubt that counts. Um, right. pun, back to punching. That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, just, just finally on punching. Um, obviously, it is the second half of the season that's now started. So, and obviously, he's been a second half of the season player last two years. Yeah. So maybe you know, maybe we'll just see him hopefully come into some form now. It, that, that feels like I'm sort of. Uh, I don't know. I, hoping if, more I, than I'm anything. Not, when Balassi and Wickham's fit and McArthur and Kabaye are playing, and then I don't know where. I just don't think there's room for punching to play where he wants to play for for him to be the main. Because clearly he was so happy in that that sort of playmaker, mm. top dog role last season. And there just isn't room for him to be like that. And this, I, I, I think it, he can still he can still create a little bit of chaos as a number ten. And the thing you got to take into account a little bit is that he's only had a few games this season where he's had a fit Connor Wickham ahead of him. Yeah, yeah on yeah, Sunday for example, he's yeah. trying to feed balls into uh, Fraser, Fraser Campbell, Campbell. Yeah, and you could point. have yeah, Zinedine yeah. Zidane playing at number yeah, ten. He's going to struggle to make <laughs> Fraser Campbell look good at Premier League. Good point. Fair play. Okay, uh, poor Fraser. Very topical as well. 
Well, yeah, because he's uh, oh, yeah. Fraser Campbell's just become Real Madrid. Yeah. Manager. Yeah. <laughs> right, the next question is from Gordon Farquhar. Hi, Gordon. Hi, Gordon. Hi, Gordon. And he says, "Do we love Johnny Esther too much?" Obviously, he came back uh, from loan, didn't he? Yeah. Do we love Johnny season. Esther enough? Uh, um, I'll put a caveat on that. Do uh, do we love Johnny Esther more than his ability, his ability, and, and what he offers the team? It's hard to tell. We haven't seen him play for a long time, have we? Yeah. Uh, we only saw him for, what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. I mean, obviously, we love Johnny Esther because he's one of ours. He's, you know, he's come up through the ranks and he's, a, and he's a worker and, and every fan likes a worker, you know, and he's got a little bit of magic every now and again. Is he Premier League standard? Probably not, to be honest. I think we talk... It, 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 it feels old-fashioned in a way talking about him now it feels like the old pods by yeah, it does, it does, yeah. talking about Johnny Esther have to and make Bannon. up some questions now <laughs> it? it feels like you're talking about players like him and Bannon and, but because I, I was sorry because he is one of those players we talked about that other midfield option where you've got somebody running at the heart of a of a defence like he does really really well but he wasn't he wasn't first choice pick for Forest for a time he wasn't and there's a kind of I don't think we love him too much it's like, I mean I'd love him to be at Palace I'd love to be part of the squad and I'd love him to have the chance to develop into a Premier League player but it's, it's I don't think Alan Pardew loves him no I don't, th- I don't <laughs> think he does judging by his comments after the game yeah what did he say I didn't hear that it's just that he, he hasn't seen him basically, basically I, I haven't seen, seen enough of him I haven't seen yeah. enough of him and I, I know you all love him but I've yeah. not seen it Come problem on. is there are a lot of footballers who sort of peak at a very early age for a, a number of reasons some because they think they've already attained sort of footballing excellence mm. and that they haven't really got anything else to learn some because they have too many injuries and aren't able to play in our first team games some because they get farmed out online because their club ends up developing fast and they have um, you know with, with Johnny there's just too many things that have been going wrong for him over a number of years he's still young if he were to stay fit for three or four seasons in a row and to get football at a decent level I, I think he's got something there I don't think he's necessarily going to be you know, a top half Premier League player or maybe not even a bottom half Premier League player but, but there's certainly an ability to become a, a good footballer there certainly at upper championship level and I, I don't think people should read too much into him not making it into the Forest side Forest have been very up and down and they've got a manager I can't remember his name who yeah. picked Jermaine, yeah, yeah. Jermaine Easter head of Glenn yeah. Murray for a period <laughs> so, I, think, I mean John Esther was really unlucky in that he got that first really bad injury at a time in his career when he looked like he was developing yeah. into a really top class player and the other thing as well and I hate to say this because it's, it shouldn't be but his, his physique's against him as well a little bit in Premier League football and it, it, it shouldn't be but he just stands out he's just like we're, we're a bigger stronger team than we ever have been and suddenly he, he, he just doesn't look like physically he's cut out for it at the moment which is a horrible thing I have to say because you, you, I don't want football to turn into the no. A battle of the strongest and the, but and the fittest, but, but at, at <laughs> the moment it kind of is in Premier League football. Well, unless you're an absolute it's, magician like David David Silva or Santi Cazorla, yeah. those are guys who yeah, develop which, their yeah. technical ability yeah. for years and years exactly. and years. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Williams has not had that yeah. But having said that, again, he's the sort of player if you've got on the bench for the last 15 minutes, that injection of energy mm. and just like because yeah. he can at any level, just running at defenders is is just confuses them. And he does yeah. that; he will do that. And also the other thing is he'll win your penalties as well. Mm-hmm. And also, he'll lift the crowd. Like the yeah, first yeah, time, exactly. the Palace yeah. crowd really lifted yeah, on Sunday yeah, when, yeah, he, yeah. when he came on. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, good question there. It was um, a good question. Yeah. Next question is from John Dodds. Oh, John sure Dodds. We didn't. Well, we Well, the thing is, it. we can't categorically answer any of these questions. To be fair, to it, can we? I don't think. Well, anyone, that's what makes them good questions. I don't think anyone's going to bed happy because they think <laughs> that, that, that conundrum's <laughs> been solved by the panel. <laughs> do well, we love? This do we bit do, of a massive surprise to me. Do we love Johnny Williams too much? I'm going to ask the boys and FYP because I don't know the answer. Turns out they don't either. Okay. Well, let's see if we can answer this next question. Hi, John. From John Dodds. Hi, John. Dodds. He says, is Wilf's lack of finishing the reason he's not making the England squad? And is it wrong to expect improvement by now? Two both good questions. You know, on Sunday after the game, there's uh, some guys who sit behind me and they were all moaning, saying, 200 games and he still can't shoot. Yeah. 200 games oh, yeah. there's it still cost of yeah. 200 games this 200 games that and there's I mean it's, Will's young but 200 games you know yeah. it's a lot I, I think you know it's, it's a lot it's a lot you know I think he should be doing a little bit better in some areas of the pitch definitely I mean he had that shot didn't he in the first half on Sunday and I, I sit next to JD in the, at the matches and I sort of leant over to him and I said you never feel confident ever that he's going to hit the target and he had the opportunity late on against Swansea which to be fair he yeah. fashioned for himself mm. but you never feel that he's yeah. going to work the keeper mm. which is uh, a problem for him I mean he does create other stuff and he is still a great creative outlet of course yeah I mean a lot of the, the chat around his sort of fallout from the under 21 squad was due to uh, some sort of dispute with Jordan Henderson who's now a part of the England squad I mean whether or not the, the manner in which things went wrong for Wilf at one under 21 levels being held against him I don't know but I, I, I don't think his finishing is good enough but I wouldn't imagine that would be the only thing that would hold him back from being in an England squad because frankly Raheem Sterling's finishing isn't quite what it should be for a £50 million player yet I'd, in terms of the England thing I know a couple of journalists who say that Hodgson's prepared to give him another chance but that he'll have to work really hard in terms of his attitude because apparently his attitude when he was I think he's in the England squad twice, wasn't he? Came mm-hmm. on and started... We were in a championship, weren't we? Yeah. And uh, by account, Hodgson wasn't impressed with his, his demeanour, let's say, rather than his attitude. But in terms of his play, I, I think Wilf is in danger of becoming one of those palace conundrums. Because in, in, you look at people like Victor Moses and you think, well, he's, he's a good, solid Premier League yeah. player. But he's not the player we thought he was going to turn into. And at the moment, Zahar's not... I don't. Arguably, he's not even a good, solid Premier League player. I don't think Wilf. Well, Generally, I think that's a bit harsh. I, 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 I find it really hard. It, I don't see what he's contributed really. At, at the end of every game, you, you think, mm. well, what did he? But do? the thing is, at the start I mean, of every the West game. Brom game, for example, West Brom he was brilliant. I mean, throughout the whole game against West Brom, he was brilliant. He was virtually unplayable. Last three or four games, and again, you can argue that. The, the whole team have been slightly under par, but you just kind of think, what's what's he offering? What's he doing? What's where's the devil? Where's the where's the fear? The, Would you think he needs to get dropped again? I don't know what needs to happen. I just, I just yeah. think he's much more easy to defend against than Balassi is. Yeah, definitely. I just think he's too easy to. He's sulk. I think if he gets if he gets kicked early in the game, he's, he's that's him gone. He's sulks for the rest of the game. Mm. He's he's just. I don't think he's delivering at the moment. And it's again, it's not simply him. But you're not getting those moments of excitement. You're not getting off your seat anymore like you have been. Even early in this season, there were times. Like I said, the West Brom game, other games, he was... Watford. Watford, yeah. Well, we mentioned last week as well, didn't yeah. we, that he reacted fairly petulantly to a challenge against once, and he did exactly the same again 
on Sunday against Chelsea. There was one moment where he ended up in a little bit of sort of fisticuffs with I can't remember who, so that's good. Yeah, um, <laughs> it might, I think it was Ivanovic actually, yeah. And um, I think he just needs to develop a bit more of a battle-hardened exterior. He needs to probably deal with the fact that because of the type of player he is and because of the level at which he's playing, he's going to get kicked. The last he gets kicked, he gets up. Yeah, yeah. And he, he tries to win the ball back. But and players should get and more protection. Wolf should yeah, get no, more protection. Yeah, no, I agree. No, I absolutely but agree. But, but you have to live with the realities of the situation. And if you're not, you've got to protect yourself. Mm. And uh, Balassi is so much physically stronger. Than, he's older than Wolf, I know, but he's physically so much stronger than than Wilf is and Balassi doesn't go looking for revenge if he gets tackled he tries to get the ball back but nine times out of ten Balassi doesn't go down because he's so much physically stronger than Wilf is hmm. Is it, is it a frustration thing with Wilf? Because we know he, we know he of course does it. Of course, it's total frustration. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. Because everybody knows he's got the ability. Yeah. Of course, he's got the ability. Yeah. He's, he's got the ability to be in that England squad. Mm. He's got the ability yeah. to be our best player, without a doubt. And, and also, but, he might argue as well because I know Pardew's really happy with him because he's doing his defensive duties. And arguably, you could say, well, that, that limits his opportunity to do this, the exciting stuff that we want him to do. And he's doing his because he's Pardew clearly thinks he's doing a good job for the team defensively, which is great. But it is it is frustrating because you know every now and again there's just those little glimpses. But defenders don't. I don't think there's a defender in the Premier League that's scared of him. And I think I think all wow. the teams. Okay. I think the teams that we play when they see Balassi's not playing, I think they'll go. That's fantastic. But that's because if he goes as high as playing, I don't think any. Because when Balassi's there, like Andy said earlier in the pod, he bullies defenders for Wilf. He takes attention yeah, away yeah, from no, Wilf. Yeah. Wilf on his own struggles. Yeah, and that's what I say. I, don't, I generally don't think. I don't see. I don't think there's a Premier League defender who's going to think. Even even I saying that, though, even saying that, you know that there'll be a run of two or three games yeah, well, he's there, where yeah. he's got. Even yeah, before yeah, the end of this him. season, where yeah, he's yeah, got to yeah, be yeah. on fire, yeah, and yeah. we're going to be sat around this table going, yeah, yeah. "Oh my days! How amazing was he on Saturday you know, yeah. or Sunday?" Well, or so he, you know, he, he was exactly as good against Liverpool up at Anfield as he was against West Brom. I, there, there have been times where he's, he's underperformed, but he's still pretty young, and I, I think there are defenders in that league who are scared of him because he's played against the few already this season, where he's given them a fairly torrid time. Um, but certainly he doesn't look the same player when he's not part of a fully formed well-functioning attacking unit he can't do it on his own yeah, mm, yeah that's which true. perhaps occasionally you'd mm. say Balassi if he had loads of people out because he's yeah, that sort of yeah, battering yeah. ram because he's so direct because yeah. he's got that sort of strong style and uh, has you know that, that sort of running game about him he could perhaps do it on his own as a number nine or you know just playing wherever the hell he wants to Wolf can't do it on his own and he, he's struggling in that regard at the moment I've got another stat um, I've turned okay. into Andy Street as well. Um, I've got another stat about Wilf. Wilf has had the most uh, successful take-ons, joint most of successful take-ons this season. Which I guess is basically beating a man. Yeah, 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 but that's I mean, that's, so that's, 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 that's great. That's, that's great. That's, you beat a man. That's great. That's really good. Fine, but until we start getting points for that or quarters of a goal for it, then. Have you not not seen the They just announced it. Yeah. Like, it's on Twitter everywhere. It's like yeah, Schumacher had the most flick-ons last year. It's like well, whoop de do. So you know, no, it means he can't be doing. Yes, he's been frustrated. He can't be doing too badly if he's getting those no, kind of stats. If anything, that shows up how much that more, that actually how shows much how more frustrated, frustrated he is. Exactly. I'm, I'm because what, then what? Because it's what happens afterwards. And and mm. the thing is, in the past, we've tried to. You could say. He's, you know, because midfield players haven't broken their necks to get into the box. Fair enough. He's locked up and has not always been an option, and he's had to go back. But recently, we've been getting midfielders with more people into the box, so that's not. You know, I could say the same for Blassie. How many, when Wickham's playing, how many times was Blassie was a half crossed the ball in front of Wickham for him to get his head on? Mm. It's just, it's not, it's just not happening. And at the moment, it's not happening for Wilf, and I don't think there's any point pretending 
that it is just because he's one of our own and we love him. He's like he's going through, he's going through as punching as, as the team are, but he's still a fantastic player. But it's just that he's too easy to boss out of a game at the moment. All right, good question. That very good question. Uh, the next yeah, one. Now everyone's sulking around the table, so it's caused, <laughs> caused a massive argument. No, no but that's the, the best questions. Do they create debate? We'll call them debates. Um, <laughs> the next question is from Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. And Joe. Hey, Joe. Where are you going to go? With that gun in your hand. Oh God! I'm good. They're doing war songs in the 1960s. <laughs> no, unfortunately, it's a song about domestic abuse. Really, we shouldn't have sung that. Oh. No, yeah, sorry. Okay, moving on. Joe's question. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Uh, says, hi, hi, Joe. I mean, oh, oh no. Joe. Yeah, come on. Um, with Chelsea coming to our place and looking absolutely outstanding, who is the best quality team you have seen at Selhurst? I'm guessing he, mean, he means ever. I'm oh, guessing yeah. ever. Well, opposition wise, we we got to be the opposition. I'm guessing opposition. Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Ever or just in recent years, Swansea, if, until we beat them at the end of last season. I mean, I mean, two. With that Michu game, yeah, where yeah. Michu scored, and, and Shelby got, scored in that as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think you're right. And Shelby I mean, scored an absolute banger in that game, didn't he? From mm. about thirty yards, I think. And also, I think Manchester City, City were good. when they beat us three. When when Torre Torre got the goal, they were was unplayable. They were unbelievable. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Reece, I think probably that's certainly the Premier League. I'd say City that. That performance, yeah, I agree about that. I would say, mm. uh, I would say, has it got to be at Selhurst? Or? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, oh, that's a shame. Uh, probably, I mean, if you're looking a little bit further back, we managed to get a draw against them, but that Arsenal side that had Henri in mm. when we drew one, yeah, you could see that yeah, 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 yeah. it was like a cup tie that game, and we did get the result that yeah. we wanted out of it. But that, that Invincibles team just worked fairly they were sort of invincible, was that when <laughs> Aki scored. Yes, what's in the yeah, yeah, And then Lackis yeah. missed that. Oh yeah, shot no, that, the they were probably the best. That's a that's yeah. a good chair. Yeah, but certainly in recent years, that City team, yeah, was, yeah. was brilliant. All right, last question for this pod goes to Jack Pierce. Hi, oh, Jack. Hi, Jack. Hey, Jack. Jack says, "Where's Jill?" <laughs> Jack says, uh, "Your player of the season thus far." Simple as that. <sighs> one of can I one Scott Down. Yeah, Scott Down. I think. Oh, I'm going to go with Kaboy. Ooh, Hennessy. <laughs> Just a look on his face. I, I, Delaney. I don't know. So actually, that's a good question. Hennessy. I mean, I wouldn't say player of the no, year, but last before uh, Christmas, around Christmas, he, yeah, he did was making some fantastic. So yeah, that's his job. Well, he's a goalkeeper. That's, 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 that's his job. Pretty much. Yeah, it's his job. But he was yeah. he was very good. Very, very good. I think it would be some goodbye, Dan or Delaney, probably for me. I think I think despite having his worst game for Palace on Saturday or Sunday, it's still James MacArthur for me. Mm-hmm. And fair play to me, he actually came out after the game and said, Do you know what, that was my worst game yeah. for Palace in, in various yeah. interviews. And the thing I found quite funny was that in spite of that, before he'd come out and said that, which I thought was honest and probably testament to the sort of pro he is, you still have Palace fans all over the internet going, Oh, Joseph MacArthur definitely our man of the match. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it just shows that we've become accustomed to good performances for him and I think also, he'd be a really good shout. I don't think any fan mind is a player saying that. Oh, definitely. No, no, I think it's good to say. What, even if that's out every week? No, well, <laughs> of, yeah, but I think I think you actually you admire that, you respect that when somebody says, I'm really sorry, I didn't have a good game. Yeah. What would be nice is if occasionally referees did that, but... Yeah. Well, that's a debate for another podcast. I but think. it is interesting, we've all said somebody different. Yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah well, that's true. I guess that shows what a strong yeah. team performance it has been this season. Um, good, and, and strong performance from our quest, uh, listeners there. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah, questions. good questions. Yeah. Good questions. Uh, we're going to move on to part three, which is in this week. So we go back in time Ooh. to some Ooh, to results. I'll put that book up. So, uh, join us in a bit. Thank <laughs> you. 
Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! Huzzah! Huzzah! First pod of 2016. by JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Ooh. Visit jc-is.com and Vector Ooh. Printing. For all your print and embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk, and that's Vector with a K. Right, we are going to travel back in time, as we do each week, for In This Week with Palace. Uh, and we're going to start on the 6th of January, which is when we're recording the podcast, 1993. Ooh. Palace played a Coca-Cola League Cup game. Any idea who it was against? It was a very wet <sighs> evening. Chelsea. 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 Correct. John Slarko in goal. John Slarko in goal. Is that the one? Is that the one? Was it raining? It was raining. Chris Coleman scored a goal where he slid in, I think. Yeah. And it only just about made it over yeah. the line. Mm. Correct. Coleman was, was playing up front because we had no we had no strikers. It was a really small oh. crowd as well, wasn't it? As I recall. Twenty-eight thousand. Yeah. Any idea? It was also apparently uh two youngsters came off and scored for Palace, came off the bench and scored. Any idea who it was? Bobby Bowery. No, they were called the Coca-Cola Cup Kids. Little blonde lad, wasn't it, one of them? Uh, Rory Ginty. No, one of them was George and Dar. Was he really? George and Dar, yeah. And the other one was a 19-year-old by the name of Grant Watts. Grant Watts. Watts, He came on, so uh, Palace won 3-1 there. And yeah, you're right, Coleman's goal was sort of slid over the line uh, on a very wet pitch. Um, 10th of January, 1989. Paul,パイロットエディマゴ。エディマゴ。エディマゴ。エディマゴ。エディマゴ。エディマゴ。エディマゴ。エディマゴ。エディマゴ。エディマゴ。エディマゴ。エディマゴ。エディマゴ。エ
he said he would have scored some of his chances, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And then Steven Gerrard, not that he's a bitter scouser, but yeah. in his book about how yeah. much he resents him still. Really? Yeah. In his fairly recent autobiography, mentioned Clinton Morrison. So that, how, that, how that means that you've read Stephen Gerrard's autobiography? Just no, the I, I read the Cliff Knight. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I went up for that <laughs> second. That second leg was just, I mean, it could have been 10 again as well. I, I went to that as well. Mickey yeah. That was Alan Smith that, putting yeah, Wayne yeah, Carlyle yeah. right, right back and yeah, absolutely yeah. ruining his career. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Lippmann and played really well in that whole game against us, and he really, really well, and then scored a cracking goal. Yeah. And that almost sort of not killed it, but. Yeah, but yeah. All right, final uh, memory then. We're going to do another Palace Brighton memory because we seem to like ooh, going back ooh, into that So, Oh, I know. 12th of January. 2013. 2012. No. Oh. No. Uh, 1963. Oh, good. Oh, oh, right. oh okay. Uh, Palace followed up their last league game, a 3-0 home win over Millwall, with a game against Brighton. In Division 4. So, so I think was third division, third division. Oh, third division. Oh, we were apparently two, at the bottom of the third division. All right, because I think two years before that we had the record. We still hold the record fourth highest fourth division crowd. Oh, really? For Palace Millwall. Oh, okay. I think it's nineteen sixty one. It's about thirty eight thousand, which is still wow. wow. And we got the third highest third division record as well. Wow. Any idea what the score was against Brighton? Ten one. No, that was during the war. Six one. Uh, <laughs> to Palace or Brighton? Two 0 Palace. I don't know. Kevin's closest. Palace won 2 1. We'll take that. We'll take that. We'll take that. Uh, good. There you go. That wraps Excellent. up in this week. Always good to end with it's a good. victory against Brighton. Yes. So yeah, yeah. I think feel like most weeks we can find a victory against yeah, Brighton yeah. somewhere. I mean, in the, had, in Jade, the had JD not gone prescriptively by his book that he's got from Amazon.co.uk, he would have also remembered that it's a week, uh, the week in which Pardew. But this book was printed in 2008. Well, you can do yeah. some research. <laughs> remember what happened a year ago. It is, in fact, the week. It is, yeah, a year ago. And what was his first game? Dover away. Yeah, the perfect game. And was Tottenham the first league game? Yeah, it was, yeah. I think so, yeah. And then we won 2-1. Yeah. I think it was his first game. It was, that puts it into perspective, doesn't it? This week, Pardew became that, yeah. That's really interesting. Look how far we've come in a year. Good. That's, that's it that's it for in this in this week uh, good feature I like it good for good. top feature yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoying it. keeps it keeps feature. part three going doesn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. keeps um, it going a little bit yeah. right so in part four we're going to look forward to the next game in fact we're going to look forward to two games before Ooh, next pod yeah. so we've got Southampton in the cup and then Villa away yeah. in midweek Ooh. so we're going to cram in two games for the next pod uh, we'll be looking forward to those in a minute so join us in a bit Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hooray! Uh, first pod of 2016, sponsored still by JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com and Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with us. Okay. I like the fact you say still, implying still. that they could have pulled out half no. of <laughs> the pod. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't mention Pardew becoming manager. <laughs> Um, well, we're glad they're on board for 2016. Um, so there we go. Right, two games to go before the next pod. Southampton away in the cup. Villa away in the league. Um, Southampton away, probably one of the worst, not worst, but just a miserable kind of FA Cup draw, really. We it? always seem to get teams in our division, don't we? I, also, Sam Allardyce had a fantastic rant this week about which I have a lot of sympathy when he says, what better way to take the magic of the FA Cup away and then to play a full round of Premier League games on a Tuesday and Wednesday mm. as he just said already to some of the fans I'm not picking the first team in the Cup game. Yeah. Mm. and I think there'll be a lot of 
Premier League managers having to pretend that they've got difficult decisions to make about the FA Cup when they haven't when there'd be a lot of fringe players that are getting a run out I'm sure well with the injuries we've got we haven't got a lot of fringe players to get a run out but I'm sure there'd be players that wouldn't normally start for most Premier League teams I just think it's ludicrous that mm. the, the FA and the BBC between them have managed to almost destroy the FA Cup in the last 10 years and this is another indication of how I don't know whether the Premier League have done it deliberately to, to soil the brand if you like of another competition but it just it's just staffed because mm. you know a, a lot of fans we've had a lot of money to see a lot of reserve players we did it I mean last I mean the, the Palace Southampton Cup tie last year was really good we played really really well if you remember yeah we did and Shemak and Sonogo I think started even Sonogo and scored. they both yeah, scored yeah both <laughs> played really well and it was two teams who obviously fought this is a chance this was a chance to, yeah, yeah. I, I, I generally think for most I'd be interested to see what Paolo is talking you know getting silverware but I, and it might be that Pardew would genuinely think that we're not in a relegation battle so perhaps we should we could try yeah. and win it but but then like you say we've got a lot of injuries so. I don't think any Paolo I don't I won't be upset if if we don't Get through but on the other hand, you'd yeah. be delighted if we won the FA Cup. Oh no, of course we would. Oh, I mean, the, yeah. the closer we get, I'm not saying the closer we get to winning it, the more I think it's a fantastic competition. <laughs> obviously, but it's just not. You're not going to throw everything out in the early rounds now, no, are you? But you're kind any, of you any, through. any yeah. excitement. Even it, it used to be my favourite day of the season. The FA Cup third round draw was my favourite day of the season, and now it came from a social club in Wales yeah. with people you never heard of doing a draw. And it's like it's just it's, it's just not. FA Cup third round day used to be fantastic as well. Mm. It's just not there anymore. The excitement's gone, and partly that's due to the Premier League popularity's done that to it as well. But it's just it doesn't help that we've got a fairly uninspiring draw. Whereas we got Dover last year, and it was felt yeah, like quite interesting. more yeah. like a magical FA Cup day. Yeah, yeah. I, I just well, every year is all, all I ever want is a long league team at home. Yeah, I just want one game where we're going to score ten well, goals. Just a small, <laughs> small club away, <laughs> like Brighton or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, it's it's far more important. I'm afraid the Villa game is far more important than the Southampton game, and it's it's a it's a distressing thought for modern football that should be the case. But the Villa game is far more important, mm. even though they are bottom of the league and looking terrible. But it's yeah, probably the sort of game the Palace will. This is and also, you know, yeah. you also know that exactly. Southampton will be looking towards their next Premier League game as yeah. well. You know, yeah. of course they will be. Yeah, because yeah, they're not on a good run of form. No, no, they're not. Uh, apart from that Arsenal result, I mean, we, as we, you know, as to, we'd more like to put out a, a stronger squad against a weaker team. Yeah, yeah, ridiculously. Yeah, but, and hopefully, you know, hopefully the, for the Villa game, we might have a. A new signing or two. I think, that, I think Pardew said as well this week there might be a few injuries possibly back. I well, think he, he said, said Saka. He said Saka will definitely be available. He reckoned, and he said right. Wickham was. Wickham, he said Wickham possible, nearly, there, nearly, nearly there. Yannick yeah. still out for a bit. Yannick looks like it's getting longer each week. Unfortunately, Yannick. We'll obviously have Kabai back. Well, in that case, and Kabai will be back as we well. We talked so, about yeah. we yeah. players linked in the first part. Uh, we didn't talk about one who's a, a winger. Andros Townsend has been linked with a move to Palace. And Remy well. as well. We didn't, we didn't really and talk we didn't about, about Remy. Remy. No, but I mean, if, if Yannick is out for a bit longer, do we need to bring another winger in? Well, Townsend, Townsend. I wouldn't mind Townsend, but he's kind of. He's. He, I'd see it more of a wing back than a, than a winger, but he's a. He's an experienced Premier League player. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset if, if Townsend and came. International. Yeah, he had some. He's, he's off the boil recently. Pochettino obviously doesn't like him, but I, I, I mean, it, again, it depends how much money you're talking about and how much wages you're paying. But I, if you're looking at strengthening the squad, 
if, if we've got to a situation where we're saying we'll buy Adams Townsend and he won't get straight in the first team, that's a massive leap from yeah. Yeah. we'll buy Jerome Thomas and he will get straight yeah, in the exactly. first team. So, I mean, I, yeah. the fact that we're even having the conversation, I can, and I know Streety's face is... You don't like having a straight doesn't like Andrews Townsend, but, you know, he's, he's a, he's, he's a sort of player you'd rather be linked to than... I mean, he has got dross in his name, but I do think he would. But you'd be more excited about him coming in than Kamari Gray, for example. From yeah, I'd rather we were buying fully fledged Premier League players than potentially yeah good squad players. I'd rather I'd rather be buying people that could go straight into the first team. Well, when we need them because we've yeah, got players out injured, yeah. so we do need players. And in also, teams. Townsend strikes me like Adibayo. He strikes me as a sort of player that would repay somebody's faith in him to get back and, and he's somebody who wants to get his England place back mm-hmm. uh, I'd think that'd be a good buy again it depends on if you, it depends if you're paying 5 million or 25 million for him but you think it's first trying to get rid of him yeah then you'd think we'd be able to get him fairly yeah. cheap and it would, I mean there is he had that big bust up didn't he so the details yeah. of which I think were clearly worse because mm. obviously Pochettino he's not been in the squad I think let alone the team for the most so. part so. but Tim Sherwood liked him so that's well, to prove yeah. it <laughs> He's astonishingly average. He really is. I mean, yes, he's better than than, than Jerome Thomas, but frankly, I'm probably fitter than Jerome Thomas right well, now. He's not. I don't he's, think, he's, I just, think. he's just. A, he's just a slower Theo Walcott. He just knocks and runs. I, just, I don't want to. No, no not for me. I think. I think. I think. He's not. He's not a straightforward. He's not a replacement for Yannick. No, 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 no way. No way. But I. He's I, a squad player, isn't he? He's a squad player, yeah. but I think. I think there's goals in, but also I think defensively he'll do a, a really good job as well. So uh, he's covered. He's, a squad he's, player, he's covered. That's but he's he's probably better than our other squad players. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, than but that's that's what, and that's the debate we've had virtually every pod about the strength of our the squad. He's and, not going to come here to sit on the bench, surely, if he wants to win back yeah, a place in the England squad yeah, great. by the time of. Yeah, we've got a winning place in the team. That's what you want. Yeah, if he was good enough to win a place in the team ahead of. Zaha and Palacio. I don't think that he's better than either, frankly. Yeah, but if he's yeah, but if he's willing to come, and you've got a player who's, who is going to fight for his place, and that's exactly what you want. You don't want squad players that are happy to sit there and take the money and panic if they do get picked. Well, I, mean, well, I, I just I, think I'm, he's better. I'm giving him the seal of disapproval. Well, I don't which think he's now going to be astonishingly um, good. I think game. I think accidentally. JD's probably put his finger on something there. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. You're basically, it. is he better than the squad players we've got? Yes, he is. Yeah. So no, okay. it's got to be. A, it's got to be. And to be fair, the last the so. last winger that Andy slagged off was Sacco minutes before he scored the win against Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. So there you go. Well, Sacco is an interesting one because Pardew's again really talking him up mm. and and talking about how important it is to get him back fit. So. Clearly, Sacco is a good a good player. And again, Sacco has got that physical strength that we've been lacking a little bit on. Definitely, uh, yeah. that, that has that other players haven't. So, and that directness know. that Balassi's got as well. He's direct. Yeah. And I, th- I think the thing is, as Ender said, that we're seventh in the Premier League, despite injury yeah. troubles, lack of goals. So, just imagine how good things are going to be when when they get resolved. You know. Yeah. Well, and for Josh Townsend in the team. And also, logically but he probably won't well, get in the team. This is the whole point. Yeah. Well, but he, no, he won't. Brilliant but, buy then. Yeah. No, exactly. but it'd be a good buy because he will. He will raise. Hopefully, he'll raise. Like, I mean, look at look look at Wilf. If he gets Andrew Townsend waiting in the wings, yeah. hopefully it might give him the little. Because if you're only if yeah. you're only buying players to replace the first team, you wouldn't buy anybody because the first team and the first team because he likes them. They, they're going to pick them every week. So the logic is you'd only have the first team. Really, mean, what sort really of lawyer mean. are you? <laughs> 
I'd rather have Andy Townsend, frankly. Oh, I was waiting for you to make that joke. <laughs> I knew you would make that joke. But if you were, if you look at the last two seasons, if there's no reason to expect, you know, we improved fantastically the last two seasons. If we do that again this season, mm. it's mm. going to be a fantastic exactly. spring. So, you know, I think we should be looking up. I agree, I, and I think you can see from the caliber of players being linked with that. Um, Apart from Townsend. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, no. but you actually, but you, I think you said I don't know if we were even starting the pod when you came into it. We took the players we were linked with last, last, last January. Yeah. yeah. Well, the ones last we January it was yeah. it was much and Sonogo yeah, and Lee. Lee and, yeah. The players, you know, even Townsend, Shelby, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Adebayor, Remy. They're better, they're Remy, they're yeah, much yeah. better players. Yeah. Okay. Um, so just lastly on Aston Villa, then um, home win. Uh, <laughs> would be if we're at home. Yeah. Um, no, I mean for that. No, it's in, in times gone by. It's the sort of game you'd go yeah. if, if you ever want to break a losing streak. But I just think Villa are a, it, it, they're there for the taking. If if we don't beat them, it's entirely down to us, not not down to them. Well, Johan will be back. Yeah. They are by yeah, far the worst team in the league. Yeah, because yeah. the table yeah, doesn't and, lie. And you, you can't. You, and you if we don't beat them, then we've got to look at ourselves. Abs- absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, 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 definitely. And you can't see it'd be a miracle if they were suddenly to turn into a decent team. Mm. But yeah, you know, you, you always have to worry because they get an early goal, or something to to hang on to. But I'd be. It's I'd it's be, a lot yeah. different to say when we played Chelsea, and if we'd have beaten Chelsea on Sunday, it would have said, "Well, Chelsea are on a bad run." Yeah, it wouldn't have been a big surprise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that they beat us and played really well, it said, "Well, Chelsea played really well." Yeah, yeah. Villa's a different matter. If Villa played really well and beat us, they can't play that well and beat us because they're not yeah. that good. Yeah. yeah, if they beat us, then we've got to look at ourselves. They're essentially a championship team, and not even a good championship team at the moment. Yeah. To be, yeah. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. And also, I think as well, you get the first, the way the atmosphere is at Villa Park, we get the first goal, and that's it. It's, I it's about to say that's the thing. I think the first goal with yeah. Liverpool. If we get the, if we get the first one like, yeah. really early, and I, th- I think it's it's a slightly it's an odd thing to say, but after two home games, we'll be looking forward to playing away from home. Mm. As I think we and clear, scoring, yeah, hopefully. I think we're clear, we're clearly a happier team away from home than we are. At yeah, Sellers Park. So. Yeah, although at home we've got. A, Level it up at home at some point. Yeah, I mean, as it is getting better with the Newcastle and Southampton performances, they were they were much more encouraging. Swansea was much was a bit old last season. Palace at home. Mm-hmm. Chelsea was. I think Chelsea. They were mitigating circumstances yeah. for Chelsea, but mm. I agree. But that even so, you can add that to the mix with injuries, with not scoring goals, with home form being poor, and we're still seventh in the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Well, I, I think I think uh, just just going back to Southampton game, it's hard to predict because you don't know. What the team you can't we can't even predict what the team's going to be. Yeah, Our team, yeah, all Southampton. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. have no idea whether Pardew's going to put out a full strength squad yeah. for the team or not. So you can't. Even, and also, it's, it, you, should, you just can't even predict it, which is a yeah. ridiculous situation to be in when you're four games away from a game. Yeah. And it is the FA Cup. Yeah, but yeah. It's a, it's just proven to. I was just listening to us all talking. We spent so little time talking about the FA Cup and all the time talking about Villa. And it just shows how little fans think of their FA Cup these days yeah. which is sad having grown up with it and yeah. always have well, especially but that's just the way that we yeah, said yeah. that would be a name for Palace but um, well probably well, you two you know, be, I mean sure you two being a touch younger than for for <laughs> for, for, enders, for our generation the FA Cup was almost to be all end well it was yeah. because it was so well, it was the only thing you could see on telly yeah, yeah. Uh, the final and also because it was more, I think the FA Cup's big problem is you went through a phase of 12, 13 years when only the top four were winning it, mm-hmm. basically. Whereas Wigan was we, good when they won yeah, it. Yeah, which is brilliant, but until then... But they they, they, they the only won four. it because they had an ex-Palace player. Yeah, yeah. For them. but whereas yeah. when we were growing up, it, 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 anybody could get to the... Yeah. Uh, 
Anyway, okay. on that upbeat note. No, well, who knows? Well, we got so those two games for our next pod. You never know. We might we might be in the fourth round of the FA Cup, um, but hopefully we'll have beaten Villa. Um, no, we all want to win. I don't of course, think course we want to win the game. Everybody wants to win the game. game. Yeah. And yes, we will. We will. We will get excited when we get further. Of course we will. We're sat here. We're just about to play a quarter final against Man City. Then of course we're going to want to do it. You know, of course we are. But even at this at this moment, it's just like yeah, whatever. But whatever. When did we play Liverpool? Was it fifth round? We played Liverpool last year. Yeah, fifth round. We came away from the fifth round of the FA Cup game. Yeah, yeah. Still, it'd be really well, bitterly disappointed. Well, answer this then: so. uh, Would you play Johan's back on from suspension, but has been carrying a knock? Would I wouldn't you? Play wouldn't play against Southampton. No. no. Well, there you go. And then that's no, the indication, isn't it? I think, and, and also he's got the perfect excuse because he can say it's nothing to do with the FA Cup being devalued. He's back and he's carrying a knock, and I'll, I've got other players to have a look at. So no, I don't think he'll start. And he. You'd be, as a Palace fan you'd be really annoyed if he did start and got an injury got exactly. and couldn't play exactly. against Villa so. ok right well that's it for funny game isn't it it is a funny well yeah, yeah, yeah. it is a funny game yeah. um, that's it for this pod for the first pod 2016 wow uh, thank you for your questions listeners and you will hear from us after two Palace games so after the Aston Villa game we'll be back for the second pod of 2016 sounds like a threat doesn't it, it does we'll yeah be, we will be back <laughs> we'll be hearing from us <laughs> uh, so thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon Goodbye. Bye. Bye. When it comes to business travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Oh, sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold meetings or the Michelin dining or the innovative industries that'll make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at Orlando for Business dot com. Sports Social Podcast Network.